this was about as bizarre and as easy as it gets. So the number for me was a number that would allow me to never have to work again. I feel like we got top, top, top. I went from a sale of you know five hundred thousand dollars to in debt. One hundred ninety-two million dollars. This is Built to Sell Radio with your host John Warlow. This episode of Built to Sell Radio is brought to you by Prescore. What on earth is a Prescore? Pre stands for Personal Readiness to Exit Your Company, and here we're looking to evaluate how personally ready you are to leave your company. You know, when you go to sell a business to have a successful exit and look back on it without regret, you need two things. Number one, a company that is attractive to an acquirer, to a company that's built to sell. And number two, you personally need to be ready to exit that business. We found that there are four drivers of a happy and lucrative exit, four ways you can personally ready yourself to exit your business. And by completing your pre-score, you are going to see how you're performing against those four major drivers of a happy and lucrative exit. Just go to prescore.com. Hey there, it's John. We're going to do something a little different on today's show because here I want to talk about one of the key drivers of the value of your company. In particular, today we're going to talk about recurring revenue. This is an idea we've been kicking around internally for a while, the idea of focusing on one of the eight key drivers in an episode with an owner who hasn't necessarily sold yet, but is starting to position their company to be sold. And that is exactly the position that Marc-Andre Seguin falls into with his company, jazzguitarlessons.net. He's taken a business, Jazz Guitar, Jazz Guitar Lessons, which is traditionally not necessarily known as a recurring revenue industry or or model, and done exactly that, transformed it into a paywall-enabled recurring revenue business. Here to tell you the rest of the story is Marc-Andre Seguin. Marc, welcome to Build to Sell Radio. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How did you get into business for yourself? Because you're a guitar player and teacher, I understand. Yeah, actually, um, it's a long story. But back in 2009, I was a full-time jazz musician located in Montreal and as you know, artists, artists struggle to make ends meet. So I started artists. It's become a so, cliche. <laughs> it's become a cliche. Plus, I was a little bit overweight, so I was, I was a fat, starving artist. <laughs> it makes any sense. But uh, at that point, I started a blog where I said, you know, there's a lot of things happening online, but that's even before Google took over YouTube and whatever. The web was, I wouldn't say young, but it was still uh, 2008, right? So less mobile phones, no iPads and whatnot. So I started this blog at jazzguitarlessons.net where I would just share lessons. I said, you know, if I can make a few hundred bucks out of AdSense, which is the, the, the other side of AdWords, right? Just make content and have people come and look for it and learn guitar stuff and chords and jazz. Uh, I'd be happy to, I don't know, pay the rent with that stuff. So this business model was, and for folks who, who maybe haven't gone deep in this, you're, you're essentially... Uh, building a blog, driving eyeballs, and then allowing Google to run its advertising on your site. You know, you know when you see those kind of sponsored by Google uh, ads, and those would 
generate some some revenue. That was your original business model. That was the original plan because I had no training and no background and no idea how to build online products. Also, I would use affiliate links from Amazon because I know jazz is an American art form. So U.S. citizens looking to learn jazz on the guitar would go there and say, oh, Mark recommends that book. And let's, you know, if I use my Amazon link, I made, I don't know, my record month was probably $75 off of Amazon affiliates. Right. Again, so for people who don't know what that is, essentially you have a website, lots of traffic. If, if you put a, like a, 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 an affiliate link for a book, someone goes from your site to Amazon to buy that book, Amazon cuts you a very, very small check mm-hmm. <laughs> as a percentage of that uh, sale. Yeah, it's incremental too. It used to be like 5% for your first 20 items and then 6% if you sold more, et cetera. So yes, that's actually how I started uh, the blog. And I realized that even to this day, the basis, the blueprint of pages that attracts it because um, that attracts the visitors is actually the same basis that I built back 10 years ago. It's about 300 or so pages and it's all SEO. I have tried so search engine optimizations yep. um, and I've tried several experiments to make things happen with paid ads. So to generate leads from paid sources, I could get leads for very, very cheap. We're talking 15 cents, 30 cents US per lead. However, I realized that the most, the highly converting people are the visitors, the guitarists that search for us, that find a solution. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that's what it is. So I, I built, for the first five years, I built a basis of content, including YouTube videos, where I put my big face on YouTube and people started to like me and people started to download those free PDFs. And eventually it turned into a business maybe five years ago. It's been 10 years. So the first five years were content building. Second five years were on the business side. Got it. And the content is how to learn how to play jazz guitar, which is mm-hmm. a, a form of guitar, which has some unique. Uh, the improvis- improvisation aspect is the, the biggest differentiator, I guess. So it's like, I know it's a niche of a niche. And when I talk uh, with my friends, they're like, why didn't you make a guitar website? There's way more traffic. Like, yes, but there's way less competition in jazz. I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The old niching down monopoly control. So, mm-hmm. okay. So you've got this business. You've got a little bit of revenue coming in from AdSense, a little bit of revenue from Amazon affiliate. How much, how much revenue did you max out at on a say monthly basis from those two sources when you, before you made the switch to subscription? That's a good question. And I do remember because it must have been 2011, mid 2011 or 2012. It, I think combined it was about seven or $800 uh, in a given month. month. Okay. For, for a poor jazz musician, <laughs> and I was a kid still, uh, it was a, a good lump of money. Uh, however, that was a dead end because there's no, you yeah, don't have any control over that. You don't have any control over affiliate percentage. You don't have any control over who clicks on your ads or where, and if uh, Google is going to change our policies or whatever. So the other thing that I've done that I didn't mention, I just listed private lessons. Uh, I'm for hire. I'm like, you know, you like my YouTube video, take an hour with me, pay me on PayPal. Uh, it was a ridiculously small amount, maybe 30 bucks for, per hour. So I got, I got some people from Australia, from the UK, from the US that get lessons with me. Uh, but most of the, of the revenues were AdSense and Amazon. Got it. And so what triggered you to want to explore a subscription model? It's a really long story. It's a, a, actually, you interviewed Scott Miller in... Built the Cell Radio episode 128. I met this guy 
And Scott was actually a guitar student who started to give me some business advice. Hmm. And um, it was, it came at, at a right time because I'm a trained classical musician, jazz musician, and I'm also a trained stat statistician. So when I hit my, my 28th or 29th birthday, I'm like, hmm, I'm not going to be a musician for my whole life. So I might as well get training. So I'm a total math head. I've actuarial training. I've worked at StatScan here and at uh, citizenship uh, for the government. And I wound up looking at my life and going, hmm, I can't do the nine to five. I'm not interested. Let me build something. Turned around. I had this blog running that would basically pay my rent for no maintenance. So coming, coming up with Scott, uh, Scott basically took me by the hand and he said, uh, you know, all these PDFs that you give for free for download, your sheet music that people love, why don't you lock them up behind, a, not a paywall, but just a, an email address? You know, sure, uh, uh, John, you can get my sheet music, just put your email here, it's free. So I started to generate leads and tons of them. So I started to use, uh, not MailChimp, the other one, Aweber, to send these massive emails to say, hey guys, I've got this ebook and it's, you can buy it for 15 bucks and it's 15 bucks only this week. So I started to run these promotional sales and um, sorry, the answer is going to be very long on that that's one. That's okay. That's <laughs> why we got you here on the show. So that's great. Uh, and that's, that was going on for about two or three years and working with Scott as a coach, he Basically, we made a plan to you know, forecast revenues, like how, how much money do you need to live and not go into that nine to five job? What's your revenue goal from that blog for which you, you'll be selling electronic products? So first year went well, second year went well, and I realized I was producing more and more content and more and more in that craze of um, Udemy. I don't know if you remember, every, everybody was selling their online, I guess value builder system has its own courses, right? And I, I got to a point where it, I, I migrated away from Udemy. I built my own platform to gain control. And eventually I realized that the pressure of running a constant promotion and saying, scratching our heads every single month, how are, are we going to make ends meet? Which products are we going to promote? What's the spin to the email promo? What should the landing page look like? Eventually I got not fed up, but tired of this system that said, hmm, let's bundle this like a Netflix offer and just say, just get in, you know, it's 20 bucks a month, just get everything instead. So that's so, like the short, the short answer. <laughs> good. I want to go more. I want to go further, but once you, you know, before you flip the switch to become sort of the Netflix of jazz guitar lessons, what, what was your revenue in a typical month from those sort of one-off promotions? What would you typically generate? Ballpark, uh, ballpark I'd say five to 8,000 a month. Okay, like so it's that. starting to pick up at this point. So you're starting to get like a traction. Yeah, yeah, revenue. Yeah, uh, it was um, it was a good time too because I would um, start to hire people to work with me, which was not possible being a, a single blogger. So I have this ebook for sale, and I have this video course, and please buy it or else I'm going to starve. Right. <laughs> so it started to be more of a. I have people. I'm starting to gain traction. I hired in the Philippines, which um, was an amazing learning experience and management experience for um for spending very little money on employees but actually being able to train them and show them how to do customer support and things like that so the the ball was already rolling um but it was time for a change to say well if i can lock someone in at 20 bucks but he stays for five months that's the 100 bucks for 
a couple of courses this guy would have purchased. However, the marketing efforts and everything behind it becomes easier. Well, you know, right? It's <laughs> once you start getting recurring revenues, like, oh, you, you, you float like, wow, okay, things are just coming in nicely. So tell me about the transition. So you, you came up with this offering, which was get everything, mm-hmm. all the white papers, all the YouTube content for $20 a month. What was the reaction like? Um, actually, it, it was cheaper than $20 because I was still experimenting. So reaction was good. I would say okay to good because uh, there's a crucial part of it that we only found out in the past 18 months or two years. And I'm going to tell you about it is on a marketing side, it, it would be very obvious to say, get all of this value, right? Like Netflix, like you pay 10 bucks or whatever, 10, 12 bucks and get all of this. And it means that your wife gets to choose her TV shows and you can have a kid's account and, you know, it's like, okay, it's based on the amount of content that you get that makes it worthwhile mm-hmm. for music. And especially for jazz, which I often compare to chess, you know, if you want to learn chess, you start to learn how the piece move, the pieces move around. And you're like, oh, this is, this is it. Okay. I got it. And then you play a few games and someone beats you all the time. Like, oh, I need to ramp up my game. Where do I begin? Well, lesson one, you know, and then there's a certain point where it opens up to a, such a large extent that you don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So what I, the crucial key learning factor is stop selling the jazz guitar subscription like an everything Netflix deal, but start selling it like this is what's going to help you organize your stuff. And we're going to provide you with it. Like start right here and do this first. And once you're done, go here, go here, because we're not providing more value than there's already on YouTube, even on my free stuff. We're just providing an order of execution, a, a systematic A to Z, step-by-step, week-by-week programming. And that, that was the, like a, the switch, the aha moment where we had like, people are overwhelmed. Don't sell them more stuff. Start selling them less, but um, put the blinders on and focus on one thing. So that was a, a crucial a crucial learning part, then selling it became really easy. So that's, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that, that insight. How did that, how did that play out in a marketing stance? Because if you're, if you have a linear trajectory to what you're parsing out, so sort of section one, then it would imply there's a start and an end to the subscription. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid implying that that that's the case that people should start and, and, and um, go ahead. It's a good question. But then the answer is super simple. Nobody really gets to the end because we have a massive amount of materials and we're still producing it on the paid side. So we, I've devised a system. I call it concierge because it's a nice French word. <laughs> and actually it's like the meta meta course above all other courses that takes you by the hand and go this week, it's actually a weekly program, like almost like a workout program. You print it out. And it's like, this is week one. Actually, if you're already in jazz, you might look at your week one. It's only three days. If it's really challenging for you, your week one might be 18 days. It's really up to you. But by, to answer your question, by playing it out week by week like this, and because of the, the amount, the sheer amount of materials, that used to be an overwhelm factor and now it just it's playing in our favor totally because like you'll never get to the end of it and the other thing is we know uh, by the demographics and psychographics and by the type of customer we're looking at 
the entry level is you play guitar, but you're interested in jazz. And we're taking the barrier of entry and we're really lowering it so it, it's easy to get in. Mm -hmm. uh, less like, uh, you know, elitist uh, jazz, like this classical art form. Like a, so we're lowering the, the entry and the end point, someone that completes everything in our curriculum would be that guy that goes to university or college, like Berkeley College or McGill, you know, in Montreal, would mm -hmm. go, I want to audition, I want to become a first year undergrad, undergrad student. So that's how we avoid people seeing an end to it, because to be frank, no one has actually reached the end or they come in and they're already too qualified. So oh, this is not for me. Right. They're above that, that level. Right. Right. Got it. Well, how, what's churn like for you guys? Oh, uh, currently, I would say between nine and 11 percent. So that means per year, per month, uh, per month, per yes. month. So. Uh, and, and do you measure that by customers or by revenue? By customer, yes. By so customer. I have a, a sort of a, I'm a statistician, right? So I have a detour way to look at data that tells me what I, I want to know. I do know that people paying nine or 11 or 15 bucks have a higher churn than people that are really interested in getting it at 30 or 40, you know, 39 US. Um, and it is the ultimate goal within a, a reasonably short amount of time, you know, two years to ramp up the amount of, students, MRR students, people on the monthly, the 12, 13, or 1500 and lower the churn to 3%. Because churn is, uh, I learned that in the John Werlow, the automatic, yeah. <laughs> like the, the more people you have at like a 3% churn at a thousand people is not the same as a 3% churn at 10,000 people. Uh, big lesson on my end. Yeah. 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 Just the, the sheer number of people you have to go sell because yeah, 3% of a hundred is, is three, but 3% of a thousand is 30. Right. So, um, interesting. Okay. So your churn, that may sound quite high to people who are used to hearing about sort of, uh, you know, business critical software or mm -hmm. where, where you, you, you make a huge investment in, in, in infrastructure in order to subscribe, but relative to information products, I would say, you know, uh, around 10% is pretty, pretty common in fact good I, I i think so you're you're said another way for if you had 100 customers coming into a month 10 would cancel uh, at some point in that month mm -hmm. um and so the average lifetime of a subscriber is just under a year right is that yeah be fair to say somewhat there are different levels of memberships that we've tried experiment with pricing and we're still figuring things out but yeah that'd be accurate and um if, if you look at the overall i think the Maybe I picked only the unlimited, like the Netflix style for that mm -hmm. nine to 11%. But if you look at the overall picture, uh, I'm a freak for data. So in the past, I would say six months or so, we sort of renew who we lose. So okay. in a given month, lose 30, gain 30. And we're, I would say, flatlining. The good thing about that is the newer people joining in spend a little more. So the mm -hmm. average dollar sale is much higher. Instead of nine bucks, it's like twenty nine. So you, the, the the impact financially is the same, even though you look at the amount of people, you look at your churn, you look at everything. It doesn't look good when you look at average sale. It's a, it's a win. Like a total. yeah. Did I hear you correctly in saying that the churn rate among customers who paid more is actually lower? Yes, totally. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's like people write me emails and tell me 
almost how, how I've done them a favor, <laughs> you know, in making all these beautiful materials available at $39, while people that pay nine will complain and cancel and want to come back six months later at the same nine bucks a month. So the Isn't value that yeah. and people, we, we do exit interviews, we do onboarding interviews to get people coming in and, you know, they get on a quick call with me and we go through the components of the membership. Um, and I have staff doing this for me as well, but the exit interview, the, the finding is if I could have paid more, like, have I known what I know now, these guys that were 15 bucks would have been 50, you know, 49 a month, because that's what, that's what the value they perceive in it as well. Isn't that fascinating? Mm -hmm. You think there's a point of diminishing returns? I mean, have you experimented with going beyond 29 to 50 or 60? Not yet. That's, that's on the plate for experimenting. Honestly, I want to try a 49 a month. I want to try 79 a month and 99 mm. a month because I haven't found, I'm still, you know, I'm a stats guy. I'm mm. still looking for that sweet spot, like the diminishing return. I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Mm -hmm. And so how big have you got in, in the website is jazzguitarlessons.net if people want to check it out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how big have you got this company now? Like it, in terms of the number of subscribers or revenue or whatever, however you want to use it. If we can say it in, in plain terms, and yeah. um, this is, uh, yeah, it's, I know it's not going to be confidential, but say uh, as of last year, quarter of a million dollars per year business. Great. So small, small. I want to go to the M, like SMB, I want to go to the M soon, <laughs> soon enough. But there are, you know, staffing issues and churn issues and software issues and, you know, life gets in the way. What do you see as the end game for? Your company, um, fifteen fifteen hundred uh, paid members a month. So that that will take a while because of churn, etc. And if you say like, you know, live the life of your dream, think everything would have been fantastic. Like if we can serve ten thousand students ongoing, which is not like a, I'm not like shooting the stars. It's it's a pretty real realistic goal for the ten year horizon. That would be the end game. But ultimately, um. I'm a retired musician. I don't play. I have this new album uh, in 2018, but I don't play anymore. I do this for my students, and I don't. I don't even enjoy playing music as much as I used to. So the end game, which as guitarists.net will be finding a a good buyer that knows online businesses, and I could stay on for a while as a content provider because my face is on everything. Uh, but the end game is selling it and moving on. I've already started other business ventures with partners, uh, and also. That whole expertise of selling things online, I can that really translates to other business, local businesses. Even. Sure, sure. So I'm more interested in that nowadays than uh, you know. Once that thing is taken off, like I get bored super easily, right? Like oh, this, it's fun, but it's not fun anymore because there's no struggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing the story with us, Mark. It's great to have a real life uh, example of someone who's taken. Uh, kind of one-off transactional business, in particular in the information product world, mm -hmm. and made it into a subscription. So, we wish you all the. I wish you all the best uh, on your you. journey to fifteen hundred customers. Again, if people want to check you out, uh, the best place I'm assuming would be www.jazzguitarlessons.net. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, lessons plural dot net, and uh, you can find the world's expert in jazz guitar lessons. That's me. That's my big face. Type it on YouTube, too. You're going to find me. <laughs> and if you're going to look uh, for you on YouTube, what's the best thing to search YouTube on? Jazz Guitar Lessons. Jazz Guitar, well. they'll find you. Yeah, Mark, Jazz Guitar. It was, uh, it was great to meet you, and it was great to do this together. Thanks, John. Great Thanks. interview. Okay, cheers. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Built to Sell Radio with John Warlow. For complete show notes with links to additional resources, visit builttosell.com slash blog. John is the founder of the Value Builder System. To find out how to improve the value of your business by 71%, visit valuebuildersystem.com. John is also the author of Built to Sell, creating a business that can thrive without you, and the automatic customer, creating a subscription business in any industry. Connect with John at facebook.com slash built to sell or on Twitter at John Warlow, W-A-R-R-I-L-L-O-W. Thanks for listening.